0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, Dana Samuelson.
1: Victor, it's great to be with you again.
0: Well, great to have you here. Now, Dana, you've been a past guest on the show While this is a real estate podcast, many of our listeners are not just focused on real estate alone, they're really interested in understanding about real assets and in particular in today's environment where everything just seems to be upside down. Your background is in precious metals, but not just precious metals, specifically hard metal, coins, numismatics. Maybe give a little bit of your background, how you got to this point in your journey.
1: Well, I've been in the physical precious metals and vintage coin arena for 42 years now. Uh, I got a real lucky break in the 80s when I went to work for Jim Blanchard, who was the gentleman who most responsible for the private relegalization of gold ownership in 1974. So that's the reason we all can have physical gold in the United States today is because of Jim. And I went to work for him in the 80s where he trained me to be a vintage coin appraiser Uh, That was really where I learned how to become a uh, appraiser for old collectible coins like U.S. $20 gold coins, $10 gold coins. Canada has $10 gold coins minted in 1913, 1912, 13, and 14 that actually the U.S. mint struck. So I know a little bit about those. And since 2008, you know, everybody's been involved in precious metals because of the great financial crisis as a hedge against catastrophe. So we handle a lot of physical precious metals uh, that are just gold and silver for gold and silver's sake, like U.S. gold and silver eagles, and Canadian gold and silver maple leaves are very popular as well.
0: Now, you used to head up, I believe it was the American Numismatic Society. Did I say that correctly?
1: Uh, Not quite. I was on the board and president of the Professional Numismatists Guild, which is the leading organization of rare coin dealers in the United States. Uh, So basically, I'm a high-end coin nerd. And uh, the organization does a couple different things for the hobby, which is number one, we are the cream of the crop of vintage coin dealers. We're vetted by the organization for financial wherewithal and good standing within the community. But more importantly, we subject ourselves to binding arbitration in the event of a dispute, which uh, eliminates the need to go to court if there's a problem with PNG dealer. And while I was president in 2016, I helped to conceive of and establish the Industry Anti-Counterfeiting Task Force, which today works with Secret Service and Homeland Security to interdict spurious merchandise counterfeited primarily in China, coming into the United States through the ports and through some of the private sale and online auction platforms that exist out there it's not really a big problem but you don't want to be the one that gets a counterfeit Chinese gold bar
0: counterfeits are usually figured out basically based on specific gravity now often you get a coin it's in an acrylic case it's now become much more difficult to figure out the specific gravity what techniques are the counterfeiters using
1: well and precious metals, they uh, can take tungsten, which has close to the same density as gold, and plate it, and replicate a design mostly on bars. Uh, They do try to replicate some of the old silver dollars that were made back in the 1870s, 80s, all the way to the 1920s and 30s. Or, they'll try and replicate coins that have collectible premiums that are well above their intrinsic metal value. They're made on the right metal, but they're the wrong coin. Now, a nerd like me who's seen thousands and hundreds of thousands of both bullion items and vintage coins over the years, can tell what the U.S. Mint made and what was made last month in China by the difference of appearance. They just don't look the same, and the same with bullion products. But the average person on the street doesn't have the kind of experience, someone like I do, and that is potentially a problem, which is why you should do business with a reputable, long-standing dealer, who has a good reputation in the community, good reviews, and good affiliations like the Professional Numismatists Guild.
0: We're hearing an awful lot today about how gold can be a potential hedge against inflation. For a lot of people, that means going out buying gold or silver certificates. Why would you want to hold the paper versus holding the physical metal, given that with the physical metal, you're paying a premium over the actual futures price?
1: Well, mining shares are volatile, and you're betting on the the, the company that is producing that ore, and that you can trade the stock price. You have to be a little careful there due to volatility. The ETFs that you can buy just trade the gold and silver on uh, pure paper play. And so it's easy to trade in and out of these things. Physical gold and silver has a little bit wider buy-sell spread for manufacturing, distribution premium, insurance, shipping, handling, and dealer profit. But there's nothing like physical gold and silver for true portable wealth that has no counterparty risk that is internationally recognized, and more important, liquid immediately anywhere it's presented to a reliable buyer. So, gold and silver in your hand is something that you can carry, you can use to trade in terms of crisis, you can pass on to your heirs outside of the banking system, and it's also a good way to take some of your savings that might be in dollars, whether they're US or Canadian, and have something that might be better in an inflationary environment as a store of wealth like a bank account only in gold or silver outside of the banking system especially when inflation's running 8 9% you're not going to get that haircut in the, normally in the course of a year with your physical precious
0: metals we've seen a pattern over the last several decades where gold seems to be more of a crisis metal in the sense that when there's a period of uncertainty people pile into gold and then when the crisis passes then all of a sudden the demand for gold seems to drop. Is it a true hedge against inflation or is it just a crisis metal?
1: It is both, but gold does not track inflation directly. It does tend to climb a wall of worry and then c- come down in price when things are more complacent, the economy is good, and times are good. But if you track it over time, and Brian London, our mutual friend who runs the New Orleans Investment Conference and is the editor of Gold Newsletter pointed out to me about six months ago, that the gold prices actually tracked the increase of U.S. debt almost directly over the last 20 years. So as the dollar value is diluted, the gold price has risen. Now, it's a bit lumpy at times, so you do need to pick your entry and exit points if you want to get out of this, if you want to sell and take profits, at better times than not. And some people tend to buy when emotion is driving the equation more than not but it is a typically a good long-term hedge against inflation but the good news for your listeners is real estate is one of the best hedges against inflation there ever is
0: absolutely so today you can go out you can buy coins you can buy them from dealers are there any international restrictions on purchasing do you have to buy them locally from a local dealer can you carry them across the border what are your thoughts
1: well, there are currency controls, and precious metals do fall under cash or cash equivalent. So, if you have the wrong country you're going into, if you don't, you have to know what the restrictions are or the re- reporting requirements are for the country that you're going into and out of. So, if you don't know that, you could potentially be in trouble and subject to forfeiture. And the value then will matter too. So, it's always best to declare. Uh, we do ha- do business with a couple of storage facilities uh, for people that have larger holdings of gold and silver that give you storage options that are not just in the United States or Canada. There's Singapore, London, Switzerland, where you can actually tell them to store your gold outside of the U.S. without having those currency controls.
0: Fascinating. Well, Dana, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way?
1: Well, my company is American Gold Exchange. We're in Austin, Texas. We're a national U.S. mail-order dealer, only we use FedEx these days. And our website is uh, amergold.com, www.amergold.com. And our email address is simply
0: info, I-N-F-O, at amergold.com. Fabulous. Well, Dana, always fabulous to catch up. For the listeners at home, connect with Dana at American Gold Exchange at com. The link will be in the show notes. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.